Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the Everyday Enthusiast podcast. I am Chris, your Everyday Enthusiast, and here I like to talk about some of the things that interested me the most over the last week. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to say that this podcast is available on most major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Overcast, and many others. If you want to like, rate, and subscribe, it would be greatly appreciated. I can also be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. All right, on with the show. So first up, we have our fun section here, follow-up, updates, and notes. And the first thing I wanted to talk about is foreshadowing from last week's episode. So... Last week, I was talking about Android manufacturers incorporating notches into their phones, and I referenced Samsung uh, as not having done this yet. And I had made the statement that we would come back to that later in the episode, uh, which did not happen. Uh, I did not talk about that. And I was thinking about a topic that I had saved for this week uh, and uh, that we will get to later on in this actual episode. I guess that's the problem with recording this on Monday. Uh, you know, or, well, Tuesday, uh, in the case of last week. Uh, Every article that, you know, comes out on Monday or Tuesday, again, last week, that I want to talk about gets saved and also, I guess, gets filed away into my brain and subsequently gets jumbled up in my head. But I guess that was some foreshadowing for this week's episode. And I do promise that we will get to that topic in a little bit here. Uh, The second thing in our fun section here is the volume and pace of the podcast. So for the last two weeks, uh, last week and the previous, uh, I had been waiting until my son was going down to bed before recording the episode. And uh, because of that, I think that I was subconsciously trying to be a bit more quiet uh, than I had. Uh, so I think that that has caused me to be a little quieter than in previous weeks. So moving forward, I think what I'll try to do is record this during the day while he's at daycare, uh, or maybe I can just relocate to a different room, I guess. Uh, right now, my office is right next to his bedroom. So I'm always kind of nervous, even if I don't need to be, that I'm going to wake him up. We have you know sleep music going for him and everything like that, but you know you're always just a little... A little precautious even if you don't need to be um, so if you have any thoughts on that I just wanted to ask you you know let you know that that was going on and ask if you have any thoughts if it's been too you know quiet uh, for your liking or anything like that reach out to me send me an email let me know what you're, what you're thinking okay all right so let's get on to the topics for today so the first thing I wanted to talk about is Castro uh, selling to a company called tiny so Castro is a, um, a podcast app um, this is an article uh, by 9to5Mac uh, and uh, following in the steps of Pocket Cast, which sold earlier in the year to, I think, NPR or a group of, uh, uh, what do you call, like, national public radio. Well, that's NPR, but a group of, like, small public radio affiliates or something like that. Anyway, Pocket Cast had sold. But this time, uh, Castro is selling to a company called Tiny. They also own Dribble, which is a design-focused network. Uh, it's always fun to kind of, uh, you know, waste some time on there, if you will. Um, now, look, I use Overcast 
and the uh, developer of Overcast, his name is Marco Arment, he had said to his users in a tweet, um, <laughs> like a day or so afterwards, or even the other day, that uh, you are not going to have to worry about him selling Overcast. He has no intention to do so in the future or no you know, on ongoing conversations or anything like that. Um, I've used Castro in the past. It's a great looking app. I like how it approaches episodes as an inbox. It almost thinks of it like email where new episodes come to an inbox. But you know, I like Overcast a, a little bit better. And uh, you know, <laughs> to be honest with you, I set up Overcast just like Overcast is, or sorry, Yes, I set up Overcast just as Castro um, is kind of set up, you know, as an inbox. I have a, a new playlist that all of my podcasts go into, and that's kind of how I listen to them. You know, I'll rearrange them and move them up and down the, the list as I want to listen to them. But, um, but, you know, I just, I don't know. I tend to like Overcast a little bit better. The biggest problem that I have with Castro is that it's a subscription-based app. Uh, you know, to get all of the the features like trimming silences and voice enhancement and you know per podcast settings you have to pay nine dollars a year uh, i really really dislike subscription based apps i i do use some i i use one password which is a uh, you know a famous uh well i don't know famous but a, a well-known password management app on all different platforms that you can use it's great for security and privacy and all that good stuff but you know i see that as an ongoing service you know they're protecting my digital online privacy i really don't know why i guess well i guess you could call me a hypocrite because actually i think overcast is subscription based and i pay for overcast as well but the one thing i like about overcast that i use um often is you can upload i think you get two gig of online storage or cloud storage for Overcast where you can upload your own, own audio files, uh, which is really nice. If you have audio files of like an audiobook or something, um, you can upload it to your Overcast um, account on the web, and then you can use all of the features that Overcast offers, like, um, you know, smart speed and, and things like that. And I think Overcast has some of the best like voice uh, alteration, like even though it's sped up, you don't hear like the, the I'm not gonna say tenor or whatever, like the, the pitch or tone or whatever. I don't know enough about audio like that, but it, the, the voices don't go hot. They don't get a lot higher. Anyway, I don't know, check it out. It is uh, uh, ad-based as well. So if you don't wanna pay for Overcast and the ads are not intrusive at all, I would highly, highly recommend Overcast. Uh, and Castro is good too. I guess this is the problem with these podcast apps. They all have a, a take on, you know, cast in the name and it can get a, a bit confusing, but there are links in the show notes so that you can follow, there, follow them there if you like. Um, Anyway, once again, we're talking about design and that won't be the last time today. So the next topic I wanna to talk about is Project Fi, uh, which has been renamed today. So the article linked is from The Verge. Uh, Project Fi came out about three years ago from Google. It is an MVNO, which is, uh, well, I don't know exactly what that is an acronym for, but what it means is that it's a cell phone service that uses other companies towers um, to provide their service. And in the case of Project Fi, uh, which is now called Google Fi, uh, they use T-Mobile, Sprint, and I believe US Cellular. Um, I'm not 
I'm not 100% sure there, but I'm I'm pretty sure they used all three of those, T-Mobile, Sprint, and US Cellular. Um, the service is good and the price is right for a lot of people. I won't get into all the details. I think it starts at 20 bucks for unlimited talk and text and then $10 a gig as you go up from there, uh, but you're capped at $60. Um, again, you know, look, I'm not gonna go into all the pricing because I'm gonna get something wrong and I don't wanna be misquoted here. You should follow the link and, and check it out. The problem uh, with the service is that not a lot of phones were actually supported, but that all changed last week with the addition of not just a bunch more Android phones, but also iOS as well. And the service has, oh, sorry, I have a note here that the service has been rebranded as Google, Google Fi, but I already talked about that I, for what that's worth. I mean, I don't know that that's really a big deal. Maybe you could look at that as this is moving on from being a project that they're kind of, you know, toying around with to an actual service. I don't know if that's true, but you know, that's kind of how I see it. Um, Let's see, I wanted to say something. Oh, about iPhones. So the one thing to note here is that there's a little bit of a workaround with the iPhone. I think you have to use a Google Fi app that you download from the app store. And the one thing is that the best feature that they offer, which is, uh, you know, as you're moving around, it will switch service depending on which is better. So if you're connected to Sprint, cause that's the strongest signal, you know, on one street and you go four or five streets over or five blocks over or something like that. And T-Mobile is the strongest service. It will automatically switch to T-Mobile and also US Cellular if that's the case. Uh, but the iPhones do not support that at all. Um, you're stuck on T-Mobile. Now I'm on T-Mobile now, so that wouldn't be that big of a deal for me, but um, at any rate, you know, take that for what it's worth. To get the, the best features, all the features of Google Fi, you do have to be on a Android, uh, an approved or certified Android device for, for Google Fi as it is known now. Um, so look, I've always wanted to try out the service, uh, but you know, other issues that have, or one other issue that has kept me from porting over is that I believe you have to port over your Google voice number if you already have one, which I really don't want to do. I use my Google voice number now for work, so I don't have to give it out or sorry, give out my personal number to individuals that I'm speaking with and any chance of something getting messed up, uh, I just I just don't wanna risk that, right? And it is kinda nice that everything is on my one phone, my, my personal phone, even though that is work stuff, I keep it separated in apps as opposed to keep it separating separated, you know, phone to phone. And this could change if I switched companies or something like that, but as of right now, I just don't wanna take that gamble. Uh, at any rate, if you're looking to save some money uh, and you're not afraid to go with a great uh, MVNO service, uh, this is at the top, this is a top contender uh, for a lot of people, okay? So uh, that foreshadowing that we talked about, uh, the topic that I alluded to in the fun section before and last week is um, a report that Huawei is going to have a notchless phone released that has a punched out hole in the top left corner of the screen. And the thing that we were alluding to last week was that we saw uh, Samsung was talking about doing the same thing as well. Uh, they called that their uh, Infinity O display. And they announced this during their conference a couple of weeks ago. 
Look, at the time I wasn't gonna talk about it because I would have put money on that not being dropped as an option, not not being uh, offered as an option because you know mainly due to how absurd it looked. But then we get this release from Huawei that they're gonna do the same thing. And the rumors are getting, looking stronger and stronger that this is the direction that Samsung is going to go as well. So it looks like multiple manufacturers will be looking at this as an option for phones moving forward. I still don't know how I feel about this. As I said before, it looks slightly absurd. Um, I have warmed on the idea since, uh, if, if, you know, if, I, since I first saw Samsung's presentation, I guess. And look, uh, who's to say that that's not me just realizing, uh, and not it's not actually that bad, or maybe it's just good marketing, uh, you know, and it's me being a sheep and really liking what I'm told to like. I, I don't really know, but I still don't prefer it. Uh, I just don't mind it. Uh, and look, you know, I thought I was gonna hate the notch too, but I also don't mind the notch. Uh, and that includes the OnePlus 6T teardrop notch, uh, which is basically the same thing as this. This is just offset. It's not in the center of the screen. And, uh, you know, I don't know, like until we get the technology to put the camera and everything else actually under the display, I guess this is, is what our options are. And it's not that intrusive. I don't know, it could be an eyesore, but you know, you get used to the notch pretty, pretty quickly. And I'm sure you'd probably get used to this as well. All right. Uh, the next topic, topic number four, is Microsoft design. So this was an article last week by The Verge. Uh, well, it came out on a lot of different websites, but the one I have linked here is from The Verge. Um, you know, design talk again, okay? This article is, is about Microsoft and they have revealed new icons for their office suite of apps. And if you ask me, they look amazing. I love the way these look. They are very modern uh, and remind me of the depth that we see in Google's material design. Um, I love how different they are while still being instantly recognizable. Uh, you know, you will look at each one and right away know exactly what app they're referring to. There is also some pics in the article showing the different iterations over the years of each program or the, the icon for each program. It's just kind of fun to, to look and see how they've changed as design and aesthetic has evolved year over year, things like that. Uh, but you know, one question I have, and I think they do actually mention this in the article, is if and when they will be updating the actual apps themselves. Um, they're very, you know, I don't wanna say Metro, cause that's kinda, you know, harkens back to Windows RT and Windows, what was that? Yeah, eight, I think, eight and Windows RT. Uh, and they had to change that. I think they got sued or whatever, but uh, you know, I think they are actually going to make small changes over the next couple months. I don't actually use th uh, Office 365, which is where you'll find these changes, I, I believe. Uh, but I really can't afford, I, I don't use them because I really can't afford to pay another monthly subscription, especially for something that Google Docs offers for free. You know, got Docs and Drive and, uh, or well, Docs and Sheets and, and um, their PowerPoint, I think it's called, slides or something like that. But uh, this really makes me want to. I, you know, I, you know, I'm a sucker for the design. And if I can go off on a bit of a tangent here, look, I wanna talk 
uh, I, I wanna touch on why I am so obsessed with digital design and design in general, I guess. Um, the way I see it, design, you know, design of an app is, it's an app or a company or, or the icon, it's the first impression that you get, right? In theory, it should tell you a lot about what it is, uh, sometimes what they value as a company. For instance, take a look at Todoist or the Todoist app on iOS as I use it on Mac OS. Um, you know, or where they are, I, you know, to me, it says the company is focused on what modern design is and should be. Although right now, Todoist really represents what modern design was a couple of years ago, in my opinion. I do think they are due for a redesign. Nonetheless, though, they value, uh, you can tell by the apps and the icons and uh, the app itself that they value a minimalistic presentation. But uh, the more you dig deeper, you can see that they also value, you know, a feature rich product as well. Um, I really could talk about this at length if someone were on here to kind of bounce ideas back and forth off of me off of each other um but you know i guess for the sake of the podcast and your attention spans and mine um it's a good thing that i don't have anybody joining me here maybe, maybe at a later date but anyway i just i think this digital design it's so important um it's so important to represent what a company is, what they believe, what they stand for. It's your first impression. And there's nothing more important than a first impression. I have not talked about this on previous episodes, but I'm a recruiter at hand or, uh, or by trade uh, during the day. You know, I'm, I'm a recruiter. Uh, I won't say, you know, for what company or anything like that. But, um, you know, to me, first impression, there's nothing more important than how you present yourself to the world for the very first time, because that just sets the precedent. So anyway, uh, you know, if you have any suggestions, oh, uh, on great digital websites or like, sorry, great design uh, websites, I'd love to hear it. Please send me an email, shoot me a, a tweet, uh, tweet at me or, or something like that. I'd love, love to hear it. Um, the last topic that I want to talk about here, this won't take too much time. This is in the entertainment uh, realm is there was a new trailer for Luther series five released last week. And this looks unbelievable. So, uh, it was dropped last week. It's for the upcoming fifth series on BBC for the show Luther. This is a Idris Elba as a detective. Um, a quick note here. If you don't watch a lot of British television, maybe you do. Um, but they refer to different seasons as series. So when I say series five, I kind of mean season five and their seasons tend to be much, much, much shorter, which personally I think is a great thing. I mean, I like a lot of in-depth detail about the characters and everything like this, but sometimes, you know, you can tell that these American shows, they order 22 episodes of a, of a show because I don't know, they can run more ads during it and they just kind of overdo things from time to time. At any rate, that's, that's a, another topic, but, um, as it all, all often happens, I watched 20 minutes of the very first episode of this show last year, and I thought, you know, maybe my wife would like this. And, you know, it's not often that we find shows that we both appreciate because we have very, very different tastes, but she liked Dexter. And uh, don't get me started on that and, and about the final series and how much I loathe that. But I thought that this was enough, not like Dexter. Uh, I think this is, 
I won't say it's a lot better, but in some ways it can, it could be a lot better. And she enjoyed Dexter. It's a little dark. I guess this one is very dark, very intense. And so I thought I'd uh, suggest to her that we watch it together. And she, she loved it. And we have binged through the first three series. We still have yet to watch the fourth series before being caught up for this fifth coming uh, series on Showtime to, to show next year. Um, but look, if you haven't watched this one, I highly, highly recommend that you do. It's on Netflix. If you have an account, uh, I think all four seasons that are out right now are up on there. Uh, you have to be in the mood because like I said, this is a really, really intense and stressful show, but the writing and the acting is some of the best you will see. Honestly, it's so, so good. Uh, obviously in my humble opinion. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that is all for today, folks. Uh, as always, I can be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow along on Twitter, username at everyenthusiast. And on Instagram, you can search everydayenthusiastpodcast. There is still nothing up there. Not exactly sure when there will be. I just wanted to claim, you know, plant my flag you know, claim that. Um, as I said before, this podcast is available on most major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Overcast, and many others. Please like, rate, and subscribe. And until next time, stay enthusiastic. <laughs>